All right. So you step into the room, and there is an ogre in front of you. I kill it. No, well, I cut its head off. You got to roll for initiative first. I kill it. No, you can't. There's an order to these things. I, I shoot it. it. You offer it a cookie. Okay. Yes. Well, are these things happening simultaneously? I mean. Yes. Okay, we need to roll for initiative to, to, to determine which one happens first. You guys have okay, any dice right. on you? No. Uh, okay. Well, I guess you both die because <laughs> you can't be fast enough. You can't roll initiative. He Sorry. like my cookie? No. Lame. I don't shoot it. No, you both die. Horrible, horrible deaths. Because we didn't plan out this cold open enough to have you have dice in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) Whose fault is that, Caleb? (laughs) What? All of ours. Yeah. yeah. Don't just blame me. Don't just blame me. No, no, no. He said, trust me. I got it. Don't just blame me. I guess it's our fault for trusting him. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying to say the intro and you guys keep laughing. I have to wait for a pause. This is the Christian artist honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. And my name is Carly. And we're here, and if you hadn't guessed already, we are going to be talking about the one, the only, the, um, my favorite pastime, playing role-playing games. This is Role-Playing Games Redux, because we did do an episode on role-playing games a long, long time ago. It was one of the first hundred episodes. I think it was probably one of the first 50. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I think it was in the first 50. But something horrible happened, and the audio quality was shot. Oh, uh, yeah. And we I We also was... weren't post-mill back then, so. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that have to do There's with anything? There's big effects on role-playing games. But, uh, and so I was so fed up with that episode that I just released it without like anything i literally did not edit it at all that's true i didn't i I just threw up the entire recording and i was like this is awful i hate it i'm gonna never listen to it ever again but we are here we're back to redeem that episode (laughs) we are here to talk about role-playing games what are role-playing games you might ask good question Connor, what are role-playing games? Role-playing games are essentially an interactive storytelling experience. Um, it's a mix between a board game of uh, like die rolls and the like um, an element of chance mixed with a group of people uh, basically improv acting and creating themselves a, a, a character that uh, they are going to act like or play and um, like make decisions for that kind of a thing. Um, and there's one person that plays the narrator or dungeon master or whatever. And uh, they basically are the person who decides what every other character in the world does. 
and uh, like comes up with environments and different tricky situations and moral quandaries like, uh, you know, your son died uh, brutally by your friend. Um, do you jump off a roof? You know, uh, that was something uh, that yes. actually happened. I was, I was going to say, that um, sounds eerily familiar. Yeah. Um, so I uh, don't trust Caleb <laughs> if you are playing a role playing game with him. I mean, true. how many characters have I killed of yours, Carly? <laughs> it's the uh, second time I've turned Carly two. against you. <laughs> how many characters it's of yours have I today. killed, Connor? Um, have I ever killed any of your characters? I mean, Pottle died once, but in, in Dungeons and Dragons, you can come back to life, so. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I was just resurrected. I'm trying to think if there was any other like circumstance where your character died. I honestly don't remember. I can't think of anything. That's interesting. You know what I need to do? I need to like, like come up with player statistics for y'all. For y'all, like yeah, that would be really be fun. fun. Like have to like have made little cards made right of like you know right uh, amount of death. How many times the dungeon master killed me? Yeah, yeah, those sorts of like fun little stats. That would be fun. Anyway, why are we talking about role playing games on this on this show? You know, the Christian because artist? it's fun because we love role playing games because yeah. it's fun and it's great. But because also, these fools got me into them. Yes, also true. Also <laughs> That's true. true. I I mean, primarily, I want to talk about role playing games because it's art, right? Yeah, it's another form of art. And uh, when we're, I mean, we're talking about the, being Christian artists. How does a Christian play role-playing games to the glory of God, right? <laughs> I mean, what are role-playing games? How do we use them? How, um, why are they useful? Why should we play them? Um, all things that we've talked about. Um, we, I think we did mention in the first version of this episode many, many moons ago. By the way, it was episode 33. Long, long time ago. Um, more than a hundred episodes ago. Um, hmm. yeah. Uh, so let's, let's talk about it. What, what comes to mind for you guys? And we're thinking about role-playing games. Why are role-playing games important? Why are they cool? Why should we do them? Cause they're fun. Okay. I mean, that's okay. a, that's a fair that's a fair reason to begin with, right? Like I think a lot of times we as Christians view fun, fun as is evil. automatically probably evil, right? Like if you're enjoying <laughs> yourself, you're probably sinning. Uh right. don't think that's the case. I don't think scripture is pretty clear that's not the case. Um yeah. and right like, you know, it says in uh, what is it? 1 Corinthians, whatever, you know, whatever you do, what you either drink do everything to the glory of God. Um, what does everything include? I mean, everything. I mean, it's your leisure activities as well. And I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that God wants us to. Yes, thank you. First Corinthians ten thirty one. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty obvious that God wants us to not only rest from work but enjoy our time here on Earth, enjoy the natural you know, worldly and not in a, in a good sense, right? Like the creational um, blessings that he's given us. And that includes games, right? That includes recreation, leisure. Um, 
and uh, role playing games for all three of us are, are some of the the highest quality leisure activities that you can partake in. Um, yeah. So let's keep talking about that, Connor. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. um, actually, I haven't asked you about this yet. For my bachelor party, I was talking with Mickey about mm-hmm. it a little bit, and uh, I was thinking of uh, if you could do something where, like, we go and do something, and then kind of like Jared's, I don't know, like what we would do, but then afterwards do some sort of like RPG night, but do something that Mickey would also enjoy, so that Mickey could come to that part and do kind of like a murder mystery type of thing. You like okay. come up with some sort of like murder mystery RPG thing. Yeah. Um, and that'd be fun. Um, I'd love that. Yeah. I feel like Mickey would enjoy the like, mur- like, okay, I got to figure out the clues and stuff like that and figure out like who, who done it mystery kind of a thing. But then also, um, yeah, like role playing and like acting and you know, that type of thing. Like, because she did enjoy playing that fiasco that one time. So, mm-hmm. That would be the biggest and greatest gift to me is for Mickey to enjoy an RPG. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mickey wrote in there. I'm in chat. I'm really into the murder part. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying co- to pull up the Twitch chat. Right a now. couple of games come to mind um, for for okay. possibilities there. So I I think that might be that might be interesting. Yeah, let me think about that. Uh, but yeah, so like, do do something like beforehand earlier in the day and then mm-hmm. yeah like we did with with jared's mm-hmm. um yeah cool okay yeah i'm into that anyway yeah so um role-playing games carly would you tell us about your introduction to role-playing games what it was like for you what were you what were you thinking what like well the first rpg that i played was the show tunes one that you made. Yep. And we just did a one shot of that. Um, I think it was just with, I don't remember who else was in it. I know me and Josh were in it. Connor, were you in that one? In which one? Yes, it was. The it was show tunes one shot. It was you three. Made. Yep. Yeah, that was like very. Oh, with like, it yeah, was, like Ruby. Yeah. 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 It was really fun. Um, just naturally being an introvert that's not very uh, emotionally expressive. Uh, and plus, I was still, like, getting to know you guys mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, actually seeing you on, like, a video screen. Yeah. Um, right. Regular, was, regularly conversing with us. Yeah. It, it was uncomfortable at first, but in a mm-hmm. good way because it, you know, pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, because I've never... I mean, I do spoken word, but... Apart from that, and sometimes, like, I've acted in a couple church plays, apart from that, I do not enjoy, uh, like, just improving or role-playing in front of people, like, possessing a role that I don't usually possess. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And so it, it was definitely weird at first, and there's still times where I really struggle with that. Like, I'm still a very timid role player, um, in the sense that I have made many of my characters um, deaf in order to (laughs) literally have to say less and formulate sentences less uh, masterfully. Um, But it's it's still a lot of fun. And I mean, I've been a part of 
two campaigns so far so or three three yep three different campaigns so far mm -hmm. so and several one shots yeah many one shots yeah uh well i know four four campaigns including comrades oh yes it was you know short running but yeah um yeah i mean honestly that's one of the, the coolest things to me about role-playing games is that it is there are i i mean i played role-playing games with a lot of people um and it is so fun to me to introduce them to people for the first time and watch them really start to get it and to not only fall in love with role-playing games, but also come out of their shells because of role-playing games. And I definitely saw that with you, Carly, right? Like, I mean, we, you know, we talked briefly and we interacted on social media, but I got to know you, right, like really well through everything, you know, not only the role-playing game itself, but the periphery surrounding it, right? Like the the talking about characters, the, um, you know, the getting excited about uh you know different things uh in the story talking about it afterwards you know re recapping what happened and kind of uh getting excited about various things um all those sorts of things help me get to get to know people better and uh and i f and, and it, it's a really good way to as you said right like um it it's uh it got you out of your comfort zone um and I think that's one of the best things that role-playing games do is teach people not only to get out of their comfort zone, try things they wouldn't try, be looser with the way they present themselves and not be as, you know, reserved in the sense that, um, you know, they're, they're willing to make themselves to, to, to look silly if, you know, on just be willing to risk that, right? Risk looking silly for something, um, for to be you know part of the, what the group is doing um role-playing games teach you to have good conversations um mm -hmm. right they, they teach you how to talk to people <laughs> in lots of different ways right like to to, to to converse well to to problem solve to um mediate right like to have good uh what's the word um productive arguments and discussions right if you disagree with a player and what you should do next, you gotta hash it out. Um, those sorts of things I think are really helpful. Um, when we're talking about role-playing games, we're talking about their use, besides just being fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I like the what's been kind of little conversation in chat between Mifuki and Soli de Gloria, um, right? Talking about. Um, Mufugi asked, is there something inherently virtuous about games or having fun playing them? And, uh, and Gloria, you know, wrote in, in chat a couple of verses, right? To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Indeed, both their minds and their consciences are defiled, Titus 115. And then um, uh, they said, what are you thinking? I basically believe that God created all things good and that sin defiles what is what is good therefore everything can be used for the glory of god and it is our job to learn that discernment through the holy spirit um and how i view first corinthians 2 to an extent um yeah and i i really like that presentation of i think too often we view categories as inherently good or bad when most of the time categories are neutral and it's the way that they're used or the particulars about each of those categories that can be good or bad 
um, something like games or recreation, right? Like a lot of times I, whether or not someone is going to come right out and say it, um, I feel like a lot of Christians have the assumption that things like role-playing games are, or like video games, right? Like are wastes of time, are unproductive, are um, pointless and silly and not mm -hmm. ultimately good for a person. Um, and then I immediately, you know, think of that person and think about all the leisure activities that they participate in. Right. And then think, okay, well, what makes those quali qualitatively better than role-playing games or video games, right? And it's there's there isn't anything. It, they're, they're categories of... They're, they're all in the leisure category. And there can be particular video games or role-playing games or, uh, you know, expressions thereof that are mm -hmm. bad. But right. that's the same for every leisure activity, right? Um, right. I mean, RPGs are yeah. amoral cool yeah and an art form that mm -hmm. we can either mm -hmm. use to glorify god or degrade god yeah just like movies right like mm -hmm. if someone if someone says you know i don't think you should be playing role-playing games or video games because you're wasting your time then i say okay well when's the last time you watched a movie right yeah. like how is that not how is that not even especially an extra long marvel movie <laughs> right how is that not worse right like think about it like what what engages your mind more sitting and watching a movie or actively engaging with a video game or or role-playing game right like one of those you're actually you know engaging with more and and so i don't think either of them are are bad they can be mm -hmm. but yeah thank you uh sean for liking my jug of water <laughs> but uh yeah and, yeah what, what are we thinking in terms of other kind of applications thoughts about this um, something, okay, so this is kind of a, mm -hmm. a strange where place to go, but, uh, there's an amazing episode of the amazing world of Gumball <laughs> yeah. about video games. And I was explaining, I was trying to explain why I liked that show to my coworkers the other day and they were like, okay, whatever. And then I was like, okay, now I gotta, now I gotta sell it. I gotta really sell it now. So I don't look like a crazy idiot. And, uh, so I was like, okay, look. Is this episode where all the children like they like the children like do something wrong and then all the parents get together and they're like, Oh, it's the video games that made you do that. <laughs> and so they like ban video games like citywide. Yeah. And so and then the kids to like have fun or whatever, like like put on like are like having to put on a musical. I think they're supposed to put on a musical for school. And they're like, Oh, well, I mean we can we can make the musical whatever we want, um, or the play or whatever. And so they're like, you know what? Let's let's uh, let's tell a story with this. And they are like, let's win back our right to play video games by making this play. And they just find like the worst possible like immoral things that happen in like famous books and stuff like that. <laughs> and they make their play off of the evil things that are in books and act those things out. Um, like on stage, like they're killing each other and they're like Hamlet, you know, just whatever. Hamlet, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. And and afterwards, all the parents are like, like, oh my goodness, like it's not just the video games. And there there's this line where like the dad, uh, who's normally really stupid, he like turns to the wife and is like, maybe, 
maybe instead of just banning a certain type of media from our children, we can actually be good parents that are always like there for our kids and talk through the different morality issues rather than just um, telling them they can't um, like play video games because we don't think that that's the right way to do it. Uh, or, there, or we don't think that that's a good thing to do. So maybe we should just pay more attention to all forms of media and sit down and talk about morality questions with our children. And then they're like, you know what? Nah. And that's the end of the episode. But um, but I literally came away from the episode <laughs> being is, like... I forgot how good of a show that was. That I is, know. I literally came show. away from the episode feeling like, my goodness, like that is such a like amazing social commentary on video games and like when we were kids like um my mom would always say like all video games like suck out your brains and and stuff like that and so it was always like a i would always be like feel guilty for having a different hobby than like enjoying a different hobby than other people did you know what i mean and um because it was just like a social cultural thing for my parents that like video games like weren't supposed to be good you know like video games were like a lesser form of entertainment um than other things um which is funny because like a lot of the like history and geography geographical things that i learned about history at a young age were from civilization four and so like i legitimately like learned things from that and and you learn different moral um like meanings from video games with stories and you learn how to problem solve and you learn puzzles and like all those types of things there are like plenty of benefits to you know um those things so i, I guess we're getting a uh, straying away from role-playing games and getting more into video games but i guess i guess it's kind of just a comparing it to something else and being like it's not just the form of media that is good or bad but it's it's how it's used and parents should never look at a form of media and say, well, I don't like that. Therefore you can't do it. Um, or it's causing you to do bad things. Therefore you shouldn't be allowed to have it because that's not how those types of things work. There are all forms of media that are, that have bad versions of those media. And so we need to pay more attention to the morality of what they are doing with that media and address it and talk about it and be good parents yeah you know what i mean so mm -hmm. yeah i know in the first version of this episode that you guys did you talked a little bit about you know the association that dungeon and dragons has with like witchcraft like especially in very conservative christian circles um and we can look at that and be like well obviously if someone's using it to that kind of end which honestly i don't think many people legitimately mm -mm. are almost no um, <laughs> then then obviously it's bad but if you're just using it to tell a good story and to spend time with your friends and, you know, especially if it's like in our case, it's often, you know, a kind of fellowship with believers where we're mm -hmm. creating a piece of art that we enjoy and strengthening our minds in that sense, um, then absolutely it's a good thing. But it's not in and of itself good or bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I that was where I would have, you know, started talking again, but I had to cough. Um, yeah, I think one of the the important things to kind of take away from role playing games um, as art forms and as think as tools, you know, things to be used, um, is 
like any, as you know, as you're saying, like any tool, like any art form, um, it can be used for good or can be used for bad. Um, but when you think about, I mean, I, I honestly, per- just personally, think that role-playing games are above and beyond such a more useful tool um, than movies or, you know, something like like video games. Like, there are, those those can be useful. Like, I, you know, think about all of the creative kids who have gotten to play Minecraft. Like, wow, mm-hmm. what a what a blessing and a tool that has been. Um, for right. less, like homeschoolers and stuff like that, right? Um, but I think even above and beyond, this is why I'm so ex- like I, I'm so passionate about role playing games. Is I think role playing games do that sort of thing where they you know promote good qualities and and you know educational value with kids while being really really right. fun. Um, I think role playing games do that better than almost any other form of entertainment because you have to be completely engaged in every aspect of that right like Mm -hmm. you are learning how to be a conversationalist you are learning how to problem solve right there's a lot of role-playing games there's a lot of math involved um (laughs) carly's having flashbacks um you know there's um you learn how to tell stories you learn how to um characterize uh you learn about people about human nature um just through i mean Think about you know all the times you've maybe read a good novel as a kid or, or watched a good movie, um, where you learn something about people or you know human nature. Even more so, it's expounded when you have to be the person who comes up with what that new thing about human nature is, right? Yeah. Like what what is this th- what is this character like? How do they act? How, why you know what what um uh you you have to try to understand yourself and others right to really do it doing you know, the way that it's, it's meant to be done um and, and it promotes those sorts of things um i think especially for kids and i think that's what i i know what we're focusing on a lot here is i personally think that every parent should play role-playing games with their children mm-hmm. i like oh, for it sure. is just such a good tool to again promote good conversational skills good um people like mediation skills like just having to get along with each other in a situation like that um problem solving storytelling all of those things right um and it's because you have to be fully engaged in a story that you're all creating together there's rules involved so you know there's there's problem solving and creative thinking uh, used there, right? Like if it, someone understands the rules of a game, they can win, you know, better. Or, you know, in, in, this, in the case of role-playing games, a lot of time just, you know, be able to do uh, what the role-playing game is pushing you towards better. Um, be able to accomplish your goals in the role-playing game better. Um, and all of those things come through intense engagement with other people. Right, like it forces you to not only improvise and um, problem solve, but also engage personally in a way that most other art forms don't allow. Mm-hmm. Right, like when you really get down to it, like okay, you know, someone's really good at writing or 
drawing or whatever, right? A lot of times those things are not collaborative, right? They're mm-hmm. they're one person kind of sitting by themselves doing the thing. And it can be collaborative. Which is why I do both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's why ultimately I like role- playing role-playing games better than I like writing um, because mm-hmm. I like people, right? And I like bouncing ideas off of people. I like having a conversation with others and coming up with stuff together. Um, and, right, all of those things are so valuable especially for children um and what better way to do it than disguising it as with you well well that yeah yeah that but what other way to do it but then disguising it with um fun (laughs) right and it is fun it's it's ridiculously fun um but uh yeah especially with children right like that's uh that's another thing uh yeah yeah there's good good stuff in chat right now Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let's see what Mufugi's saying uh, so I guess if there's just general idea we have in culture where there's some form of knowledge that should be forbidden or is there some avenue that should be forbidden like why can you learn from RPGs why is that you know why can't you uh, why is that a forbidden avenue um, yeah and, and you know it shouldn't be it's, be it's it's mainly I think because of the certain stigma that Dungeons and Dragons has or did have at least in the 70s, right? It was a bunch, honestly, it was a bunch of very, very um, overbearing conservative Christians who saw, you know, Dungeons and Dragons as basically Satanism and witchcraft and completely overreacted and then basically banned all of their children from ever even touching it. Um, When, when, I mean, role play, okay, but, you know, even then, Let's say you hate Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. You know, that's kind of silly, but let's say you do um, because of that. Uh, there are so many role-playing games out there. Don't mm-hmm. just, you know, so many role-playing so games. Many, and yeah. you don't have to just play if you don't like. Let's say you're, you're the kind of parent who is like, I don't want my kids exposed to any sort of, like, fictional magic, you know, because of, you know, witchcraft or whatever. Okay. There's like a million and one RPGs that you could have them play um, instead of Dungeons and Dragons or one that has you know, mm-hmm. fictional magic in it. Um, yeah, I, I just like promoting it because of that incredible use as a tool to help your child just be a general better human. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I, I can't think of, a, of an activity that is that fun and that promotes so such a varied wide range of positive attributes and Mm -hmm. and skills so yeah um i'm curious if we're thinking about role-playing games as art what differentiates it but okay what we're thinking about role-playing game as art in terms of um uh being a christian right like how do we approach a role-playing game differently than a non-Christian would maybe approach a role-playing game? Um, there is going to be so much more morality and meaning and purpose to it, I would say. Yeah. Whereas an unbeliever is going to you know, I mean, let's, let's take it for instance. I mean, the the role playing 
uh, game that you started being a part of that one time with your with people you went to college with. And there were just things morally where they just did their characters that you were just like, this is gross and wrong. And we did one session of that. Right. And, you know, it's just uncomfortable. I was I have never been more uncomfortable in my entire life than I was. Really? I think so. I'd have to probably think about it a little bit, but that is definitely like top five most uncomfortable moments of my life. Um, was that? I mean, I believe it. Yeah, was that uh, session? Um, and and I think unfortunately that's what more often than not most role playing games end up being. Um, yeah. Specifically with just the particular demographic of teenage guys, you know, maybe college days. Um, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Mafuki is saying, right? Speaking anecdotally, the non-Christians <laughs> I've played with tended to be more murder hobos and the like. Yeah. Yeah, and, and one thing I have found is that even if we're playing a role-playing game and the characters, like, you know, say Crow Inquisitors, for example. Um, oh, my goodness, right? The yes. campaign Crow Inquisitors. <laughs> Such we, a good example. We intentionally had all the characters be complete horrible people. Murder hobos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the entire purpose was there are consequences a story of right right yeah and, and what what happens when a a absolute dirtbag gets confronted with even more evil than they could possibly imagine how do they respond against that like are you know are the are they going to get worse are they going to go along with it or are they, are they going to maybe find a, a hope or a chance of redemption here um mm -hmm. and some of the most gut-wrenching heart-stopping moral quandaries and decisions came from that rope from that campaign mm -hmm. um than i think any other campaign we've ever played um right there have been so many good moments and, and that's what i think is maybe lacking in a lot of christian media is the willingness to look at depravity for what it is yeah um mm -hmm. and and then but but talk about it like you should right like i i, I don't think we always have to write, make stories that are and everyone is good, and they just defeat all the evil people, and everybody lives happily ever after, right? Um, that's just right. one part of a very, a much larger question, or um, uh, what am I trying to say? Of a much larger pattern of morality, what morality is, um, what the world is like, how morality works out in a you know, a Proverbs type sense or an Ecclesiastes type sense, very different pictures. Um, all of those things are part of the human experience and, and we can show them and talk about them without, you know, just being dishonoring to God. Um, yeah, right? Like, uh, Solidia Gloria, I would say the main difference is discernment, right? Separating the light from the darkness, being able to see the redemptive and gospel reflection within the story. We are all made in the image mm -hmm. of God, so in every work of art, we can see glimpses of the Lord within every work. Those in Christ can see those places of light reflecting God, whereas the non-believer cannot. Um, and I right. think that's w that's what's signified and separated our role-playing games, I think, from others, is purpose, right? Like, we are always talking about what the story meant. Um, right, mm -hmm. like what, why yeah. it was important, why the actions and decisions mattered, um, right, and, and and that's why I mean I think about this in terms of um, just the stories I like to tell. 
Um, I like telling dark stories. And you can know this because the only short story I've ever actually published it was about a guy murdering his children. Only cold yeah. spend a winter in hell. Yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. but but there was a story there to be told. There was a a true story to be told about what control and and depravity can do to someone. Um, and I wanted mm-hmm. to tell that story. And I don't think there's anything wrong with telling that story. Um, and but but you know understanding the consequences of actions the purpose of what's happening um instead of it just being arbitrary um one of my favorite things i've ever written um a novella called clock strikes death i i I just finally edited it to the point where i i like found the ending i was looking for um and I think it works so much better now, but it's about ultimately, right? It's about depravity. It's about um, a bad person who, and I, I don't want to spoil anything necessarily, but uh, it's about a bad person. And uh, I like telling stories about bad people who may or may not redeem themselves, right? Like I, I, I love a good redemption story as much as anyone else. But I also love a story that hurts you because you get to the point where the person should make the right decision. They reach the point where they could be redeemed and they still make the wrong choice because that is just life, right? And I want to see those stories too because we can hurt and be sad with those stories and not feel like we're missing something, like the story had to end happily, because mm-hmm. there's a there's a lesson and a story to be learned about why sometimes people just still are just evil and don't change. Um, and that there's been a lot of that in a lot of the role playing games we've done. But there's also been a lot of um, redemption stories, a lot of good people doing good things. Um, I mean, if you think about Anna Domini right now, like none of those characters are bad. Like they're all good people. Like really when you get down to it, like they have no business doing what they're doing right now. Um, they're, they're, they're literally like tracking down gods, like, or, or, you know, fae, fae lords to like try to stop and, and like powerful wizards to try to stop them from, you know, becoming gods. Um, they were literally just random adventurers who just, you know, fancied themselves as Robin Hood figures. And a thief that stumbled into it. <laughs> but, but they, they, they stumbled onto something bigger than themselves instead of being like, selfish like they totally could have been and just being like eh you know we can just leave this alone like who cares they they were heroic right they saved a bunch of kids um and and i love i love those stories too like um reading um stormlight i'm reading the stormlight archive again right now um and those those books are nothing if not about broken people being heroes right and and trying with everything they have to be good people even when it doesn't feel like it's possible to be a good person um with their baggage and all that stuff um <coughs> and so there's there's a whole gamut um uh gamut i don't know how to pronounce that word um of good stories that can be told in this medium um and especially because we're all telling it together um mm-hmm. there's so many good conversations that can and do come from playing role-playing games together with people that you love or people that maybe you don't know very well but grow to love as you as you play um 
and learning something about each other and about human nature and about stories and about God just by watching something unfold that maybe none of us could have come up with on our own, but together we come up with something great. Yeah. And I think often like it's beautiful stories told through role-playing games are often way better stories than we can come up, come up with just, you know, sitting and writing something out because everyone is bringing something mm -hmm. to the game. It's not just one person. It's not just the GM deciding everything that happens. It's all, it's different people creating very different characters and bringing them all into one space to play. And so it's, mm -hmm. it, it creates a more realistic story in the sense that it, it brings, you know, various people to create very interesting characters that, that they want to see in a story. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, they act differently and they interact as normal people would. Yeah. Um, one of the, oh, there was something that you said that I was going to go off of. Um, uh, yeah, just the whole aspect of, um, you know, coming up with better stories because there's multiple people involved. I think while it's maybe not true just across the board that like role-playing right. games always come up yeah. with better stories. And I, I think something that we, you pegged onto was role-playing games often create better stories in a much shorter amount of time yes. than something like yeah. a movie or um, a book um, mm -hmm. because they're like someone who's writing a I mean, novel. It's improvisation. <laughs> right. Exactly. Someone who's writing a novel um, is spending a lot of time going back refining make, and making it really good hopefully right like that's the point of going back so many times doing so many drafts and all that stuff um the great thing about role-playing games is if it was just you sitting there and you had to come up with a story you know just you know to a camera or whatever right say you're streaming this you you probably not come up with something that good because i mean you're only one person and eventually your creative energy is going to run out Right. You're going to be burned out. You're not going to know what's going to happen next. But when you get five people in a room or, you know, through video chat and you can pass the spotlight, um, it is so cool to watch the sparks fly, to watch things develop, because as soon as someone one person gets burned out, they can just be like someone else take over. And then that person brings something new to the table or, or someone's like, you know, I'm not really sure where to go next here. Does anyone have any ideas? And then someone else is like, well, what if we did this? And then it's like, oh, perfect. Of course. I, why didn't I think of that? And it's because the more, you know, the more people you get into a space who are all, you know, engaged in the same vehicle together, right? The same driving narrative together. Um, you can come up with some really cool stuff. Um uh, yeah, Mufuki said, uh, asked, judging by the way you're talking, I take it you're not a fan of pre-made modules slash campaigns. I think they can be fun. Um, I think especially for new players, they can be pretty good. Um, give me a second, I got a cough. And what is that with my voice right now? Um, is it Corona? No, it's not. I don't have the coronavirus. I just have bad lungs, apparently. Um, I, I think a lot of times I've done a lot of pre-made stuff and the things that people remember about a game are never the pre-made things. Oh, for sure. Never. 
um right the- I, okay we couldn't even remember the the npc's names <laughs> in uh our dungeons and dragons game yeah um savage tide uh our longest running campaign eight years of mm-hmm. dungeons and dragons um but three and a half of those years were spent like doing one session a year basically mm-hmm. um but uh the the right the thing that we remembered was not oh we got to save the world from demons you know that are um <laughs> that are that's uh, what the campaign was about <laughs> right exactly i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um, is we got to save the world from you know demons uh corrupting everyone with the magical curse um mm-hmm. it was the stupid nobleman who kept harassing you guys right right the stupid nobleman that that was the thing that we remember about that game more than anything else um yeah. and, he, and he was a character that existed in the pre-made you know module but I mean, like the way you played him was so different. Yeah, there was like three things maybe that you ever got told about who this guy was, and I was just like, well, I mean, he's an arrogant nobleman. Okay, I guess we're just gonna keep going with this. Um, It's always the with these sorts of things. It's always the stuff that isn't prepared that is gonna be the most evocative. Um, And I think the reason for that is because role playing games are what they are. Right, like um, with a movie or a novel, you're expected to be on a railroad, right? Like you can't change mm-hmm. the story. That's the entire point of the game. Um, anyway, you know, with a computer RPG, um, you you understand, you know, you know, I think it is. It's mostly it has to do with expectations. If you go into a role playing game with the expectation everyone's on the same page and say and says, all right, here's the module, right? Like you guys are adventurers hired by this person, and you're gonna do jobs for this person. If everyone has those expectations and accepts those expectations, you guys can have a blast just going through pre-made stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. But most of the time, what players are more interested in is following something that they didn't expect but are suddenly engaged by, right? Right. Um, where, you know, some of the most uh, evocative stuff that happened in Savage Tide, for example, was... Um, any of the stuff having to do with NPC relationships, right? It was, oh, you know, let's let's um, uh, harass Abner Maravanchi. Um, let's mm-hmm. um, let's make a smuggling ring, right, out of this old abandoned thieves guild warehouse thing. Um, that was another one of my favorite parts, right? Um, let's let's see if we can find a druid to uplift this pet that I found. Um, <laughs> Right, like that also happened. Where it's not in the it's not in the book, but it's like your player is interested in this thing. Okay, well, what are the ex- you know what are the consequences of this? What are the things that can happen because of this? Um, and those sorts of things just can't be. I mean, you'd have to write a two thousand page module to possibly guess at every possible thing a player might do in a given setting. And so again, right, like modules can be really, really fun um, as jumping off points. But I think the most fun you're going to have is when you go, all, go off the rails. Um, and mm-hmm. especially if the players don't have expectations of staying on rails. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's a lot of times it can be really good because, you know, in a game like Terranolius, for example, the campaign we're doing right now with um, on Thursday nights, D&D. Um, the players that I have are great because we had a premise of the game, right? Like we're going to, um, 
be explorers, right, in the new world or whatever. But as I continued showing them hints of, like, other things that were going on, instead of being like, nah, we're not interested in that, they they took what I was hinting at and ran with it, right? They were like, oh, okay, if this is actually going on, then, you know, how would my character react to this interesting thing? Um, right. You know, what, you know, when the bigger meta plot, mega plot was revealed... They didn't just be like, uh, okay, well, there's a god of death and he's dying. Uh, I don't know. Let's just go do something else, right? Like, we all had player buy-in, right? It, we had an, an ongoing expectation that, you know, I'm not going to railroad you guys, but I'm here to provide interesting things. And, you know, just to completely ignoring the interesting things I'm, I'm, you know, feeding to you, like the little tidbits I'm feeding to you, isn't going to help anyone. It's not going to make a better story. But what will make a better story is, okay, this is happening. Why would my character, like, how would my character respond to this? How would my character react to this situation? Maybe in a way that you're not expecting, right? Like, maybe maybe I don't just, you know, immediately decide, yes, we're going to save the world and here's how we're going to do it. Um, but instead, you know, come at it a completely different way um, because of the way my character um, acts and the campaign has gone in so many different directions because I have it followed the players as much as they followed me. Right. Because they're like, I'm interested in this particular part of this mega plot. And I'm like, all right, let's focus on that. Like I, this other thing isn't as important because you're not as interested in it. Um, I think that's, that's a main, main part of being a good GM just in general is don't antagonize your players by trying to force them to do something that never works and it just creates tension it's horrible it's it's I honestly it's honestly evil um <laughs> no don't worry never worry about it you're fine i didn't mean evil i meant like it's honestly um kind of jerkish right like um to see that your players are interested in something and then because you have a better idea of how this is all supposed to work you know completely derailing their carefully laid plans and and you know forcing them onto the railroad that you constructed um yeah yeah exactly mifuki it's one of the rules of improv right you say yes um you can say yes but or yes and right either one of those i think can be very helpful in a role-playing game situation right i think most of the time players are saying yes and and most of the time gms are the ones saying yes but um, because it's like, ah, yes, that suggestion is true, but because you failed that role, uh, here's a twist to it, right? Like, here's something that you didn't expect about it. Um, you know, yes, that is true about what we're going to do next, but there's also this consequence that maybe you didn't think about. Um, and that, that's the sort of stuff that creates interesting, interesting, um, uh, stories and interesting interactions between people in a role-playing game is uh yeah being willing to say yes to the things that people are suggesting and not mm -hmm. feeling indignant about something I, I think that's that's when you know someone is a good player um or a good just general like participant in role-playing games is when someone suggests something and they don't immediately say no um right or like get offended or kind of like weird about a suggestion that a player makes instead they say oh okay that's interesting well what could that mean if what about this you know and then you ask more questions 
um, role-playing games are a conversation. Um, and most of the time, you're going to want to continue the conversation, not end the conversation, right? The last thing you want to do is just say no, and then, oh, okay, well, there's nowhere to go from here, right? Um, that's why I try to make even failure be a direction. Um, and I think a good role-playing game, that's that's the way that will work. You have a situation, and uh, a player fails to accomplish the goal that they're you know, trying to accomplish, but instead of saying, all right, well, you fall down the cliff for the third time, you want to try rolling again? Instead, you say, ah, listen, you made noise, and now there's this monster that's coming out of the cliff, and it's going to attack you, and, oh, look, your arch nemesis you know, is, has noticed you climbing up his cliff, you know, like you, you escalate instead of, um, making dead ends. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, we've just, I've just evolved into random GM tips. Um, yeah. What do, what do you guys other thoughts on, on role-playing games and maybe your experiences with them or, um, things that have been I mean, just in, cool for you? Um, you know, you talked about this in the first version of the episode and briefly talked about it in this one, but, um, and in our recent reading of Family Driven Faith by Bodhi Bakum, um, I'm just constantly thinking about, like, like, art forms can be used as such good tools for bringing families together, and, like, RPGs are so good at that. Um, like, you know, if you have young kids and they're you know, kids are, are automatically, most of the time, I wouldn't say every kid would be super engaged by a role-playing game, but mm-hmm. most kids would be super excited by the idea of getting to make their own character and play them however mm-hmm. they want yeah. and get to shoot imaginary monsters. Yeah. Um, and so if, if you can engage your family in something like that, I think that's huge because, like Caleb said, there's a lot of, you know, just like skills that you get from that and Mm -hmm. especially when you're younger those kinds of things are super formative and you're able to actually adopt those skills early on rather than you know when if you're me having to break out of my shell in order to um start to build those skills more yeah um it reminds me of the i mean honestly the uh the amazing world of gumball episode about role-playing games um right like they they're basically what was happening was the family was getting into a huge argument in this episode and uh the dad was like all right guys we know we need to you know love each other as a family so what we're gonna do is we're gonna play a role-playing game right and we're gonna we're gonna love each other and we're gonna play a game together and the whole entire episode was them like hurting each other in the role-playing game right like uh, you know, doing the, the horrible things to each other's characters to like, you know, get at each other for the things they're angry at each other about. But by the end of the game, they 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 came together, right? Because they realized, you know, it was they were trying to accomplish a goal, and they they ended up, you know, realizing that each of their characters had like different skills and uh, specialties, and they had to work together to accomplish the you know, goal at the end, sort of a thing. Um, and that's just a microcosm right of what being a family is like um and so just like just like any activity like um going camping for example right it's a family you're going to be put into stressful situations you're going to be tested and and you might get into arguments 
Um, but those are the sorts of situations. Those are the sorts of moments that you can really grow and get to know each other better and help and, and love each other better because you understand more about each other. Um, it's the same with role-playing games, right? Like uh, I know so much about the people I play role-playing games with because the way they play their characters, the way they interact during a game tells me that, right? Like I, I learn about people and I can know them and love them better by playing games with them. Um, and I think that's just generally true across the board with games, right? Like games are a way to not only it's, it's a way to sanctification for people who are impatient and um, not good <laughs> yeah. sports and don't play well with others. And you can, it can be a, a hard lesson to learn. Um, but if you can teach those lessons early with kids, that's yep. going to be a world of difference, right? Like I, I, I learned how to, I'm, you know, I'm just going to say this right now. I learned how to talk to people in a way that I, I learned how to manage people by playing role-playing games, right? By being a game master, by having to um, understand and, and see when a player wasn't getting it or wasn't engaged and then immediately trying to, you know, draw them back in, help them out. Like, you you learn how to read people, um, especially as a game master, um, as someone who's kind of in charge of facilitating. You you learn how to pass the spotlight, right? You learn how to be unselfish <laughs> um, because it can't all just be about you every session because then nobody else is going to have fun. Um just all those sorts of little things are just so invaluable about it. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Mm-mm. Okay, real quick. Favorite moment in a role-playing game? Favorite moment? Yeah. Even if you can't think of, like, the one, just the first one that, like, comes to your mind. And then, like, why? I, mean, I I think mine is uh, Ode, uh, Ode blasting the the murder beast and screaming like, "Leave her alone!" Uh, to like to get away from Dylan and yeah, because yeah. that was like, or oh, no, 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 no. It was the it was the crash with his bike, um, and him trying to get the bike off of her when she was pinned under it and her being able to push it off herself instead. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, that. those are definitely really, really good moments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that that was a great scene just in general. Yeah. Y'all had a lot of fun with that one. Connor, what about you? I... <sighs> you have a lot more to draw from than I do. <laughs> yeah. As a player or as a game master? As a player. As a player. I guess it could be as a game master. Like, I mean, I remember my, the favorite character that I ever played was that uh, little girl who was mute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That um, was absolutely Miyuki. my favorite moment. Uh, yeah, Miyuki. Uh, um, not my favorite moment, but my favorite character to play. And I don't know why, but it was just so much fun that night to just like... <laughs> draw random pictures and just poke jared and be like hmm? yeah. 
you know, and, and pretend, pretend like I was just this little kid with my own little world and to have there be this big mystery revealed as to why I'm like this, you know, that, that was so much fun to play. That was a great um, session. That was a, it was. That was a really fun session. Um, I don't know in terms of anything else as to what I, I would say, I would say my favorite moment probably had to be um when we when we were at uh nate's house for that session and we uh used the hat of disguise to that's um, your favorite moment (laughs) avner that was probably the most fun moment in terms of like the most dramatic moment of like the most mm kind of moment i don't know um but yeah i, I it, it was it was pretty funny to to watch you guys spend basically the entire session just finding ways to harass yeah. this guy yeah like, pretending to be him and then peeing on his lawn yeah <laughs> Or peeing on someone else's peeing lawn. On the, yeah. Peeing on the uh, the the lady who, uh, like, the whole thing was about. Like, we were at on the island for her. Yeah. She Lavinia's was your employer. Lavinia's I think. L- yeah. L- uh, Lavinia, yeah. Lavinia, yeah. I feel like that was the most. That's pretty fun. The most fun. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. What's your favorite moment, Caleb? I don't even know. There are so <laughs> many, man. Um, well, as a character, um, obviously, Orphans in the American Dream. Um, but I'm trying <laughs> oh. to, where basically I play an I'll play an alternate version of myself if the apocalypse right. had happened and I had to be a survivalist. Um, I'm trying to remember like a particular moment that was like my favorite about that game, though. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I definitely liked the last session we played where I had to play out my reunion with my long-lost brother who I thought was dead. Right. And Connor <laughs> was playing himself, and it was like alternate versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that was that was very emotional. Um, I literally cried. I... <laughs> um... Yes, that's the thing is I don't know, like, what – what is the like the the greatest moments in terms of drama because mm-hmm. i'd like to say that my favorite moments of, in drama were like with cantarius but honestly a lot of the times that i played cantarius it was frustrating how hard <laughs> it was to play a character yeah. that was so bad yeah at like doing anything who is so bad at being good yeah <laughs> one of my favorite sessions was uh or i guess i say one of my favorite ideas of um like cantarius was the time when i was going to battle uh what's his name to like a duel to the death oh uh yeah um iris iris but then i never ended up doing that yeah yeah you did challenge him and that was really cool and then you just ended up backing out and not doing it exactly but that ended up being great anyway so right yeah i don't know it's really hard I, I could probably tell you like favorite moments from each campaign, but like yeah. choosing one above all of them. Um, 
I think definitely one of my favorite moments of all time was um, uh, just, I mean, just the whole session, uh, I think session 40 of four, 46 of Terranolius, something like that. Um, end of season four, um, where it was basically about someone, you know, like they were fighting the big boss that they had been planning on fighting for a long time, and a character died, and another character ascended to godhood, <laughs> and it was a whole big thing, yeah. and lots of tears. Oof, I cried at that. Uh huh. <laughs> I cried too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was rough. That was rough. But in such a good storytelling, I know. Way, yeah, it no was. No one expected that. It was really <laughs> satisfying because of yeah. so many plot threads that had been tied together. I really hope I can pull that sort of thing off with the end, like the actual finale of Terranolius, <laughs> like the final finale. Um, that'll be great. That'll be great. Yeah, lots of good moments. Um, yeah, I was curious if anything stood out to you guys. Uh, cool. Well, yeah. Role-playing games are art. And they are great art that you should enjoy and participate in. I, I, I think I want to put out a challenge. If you've never played a role-playing game before, please consider picking picking one up. Um, finding some friends who are maybe playing a game of Dungeons & Dragons um, or something else. Um, there's a lot of role-playing games that are really low-maintenance, too, that don't really require a whole lot of learning. A lot of them are just like, kind of like... Um, more storytelling games than anything involving a lot of rules. Um, um, and there's a lot of just fun stuff to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I personally think that anyone can play a role-playing game if it was the right role-playing game and enjoy it. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a, there's a wide enough variety within that medium that there's, there's going to be something for everyone. Um, just in the same way that, you know, people... Pretty much everyone likes movies, um, but some of them just like only particular movies, right? Only particular genres of, movie, of movies. Um, and I think it's the same way for role-playing games. I think pretty much everyone um, could play and enjoy a role-playing game. They just have to find the right one. Uh, there's a lot out there, so find one and, and, and give it a shot. And I'm sure there will be opportunities... We, we keep forgetting to actually do this, um, mainly because we never know when we're actually going to be free to play role-playing games, <laughs> so I don't know how to plan this. Um, but we need to just try to schedule some one-shots with people um, from Twitter yes. to play yes. with us. But, yeah. Role-playing games are fun. Mickey <laughs> says you don't have to use your brain to watch a movie, though. <laughs> Mickey, this is all I'm like saying using to your brain you. Is good. Yeah, using your brain is good. Engage your brain. Use your brain. No, don't engage you your brain. It. Engage me. <laughs> she already too is late. engaged to me, yeah, Kayla. Too late. What are you trying to do? Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Sounds good. Uh, let's see. What else is happening this week? Um, I will be recording another episode of Disagree With Me tomorrow with Angel Oh, did you guys record an episode? We recorded an episode, but we're recording locally and not streaming live. 
And oh, so okay. I haven't gotten around to setting up the infrastructure on my website yet. I mean, I need to get my website up before I even do this um, to um, to release those. Um, but we did record one, and we're going to record another one. And hopefully it will be out soon for you all to enjoy. It's been Is it really still going to be on all of the traditional podcast platforms? Yes, so? it's going to be on YouTube, and it's going to be on um all the podcast places like itunes and whatnot um so hopefully i'll try to get that all up um probably by next week um but so that's happening tomorrow even though you guys won't be able to participate in it tomorrow um and then we'll have terranolius <laughs> on thursday which is exciting terranolius on thursday and then i think we might end up doing Something question mark i mean i mean we'll probably do uh the the hellbreaker sequence on friday because that's the entire point of it even if we don't start with everyone like we if we if we wait to start with everyone we're never going to start it so that's we're probably true. just going to start it um but i have to get overlays and stuff ready for that um but uh, yeah we have a new campaign new campaign being planned and it is Legacy Life Among the Ruins uh, Apocalypse game. Really excited about it. Um, but yeah. Lots of fun stuff happening on this channel. I'm probably going to stream KOTOR 2 tomorrow, maybe, question mark, because I didn't get to do it today, and I really want to play that game. Um, we'll see. But lots of more streaming stuff, I'm sure, will happen on this channel. Thanks for hopping in chat, guys, and hanging out and having fun. Um always always good to have people You're talking welcome. thanks Colin <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Christian artist show on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show and at our website Christian one update on that whole thing uh, I found a person on Fiverr and asked them okay like what are the logistics of like changing over a podcast to a different hosting solution and he said you're not going to be able to do that unless you basically reset the RSS feed, which means that all of the dates for all of the episodes would be reset. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Uh, so I think ChristianArtistShow.com will probably be consistently directed to Podbean for our hosting and will probably not change in the near future. Um, I think we're just going to keep keep having that be a separate website uh, with a separate hosting solution because it's been going too long at this point to change it. Um, yeah. And if I can't switch over to my website without resetting everything, I don't want to do that anyway. So, Because um, then all of our like statistics would go away too. And I don't want to do mm -hmm. that. So. It's all right. It's not that much money to host it there. So it'll be okay. Well, there you go. That is the Christian artist. I'm really excited because next week we got to come up with another topic to do next week. <laughs> Cause I just realized we, everything's crazy. Yeah. Everything's crazy. Yeah. And we can't do the topic. We we're planning on it. Um, Carly, did you hear about everything? Kind all the of. crazy stuff. All right. Maybe. I don't know if I heard all the crazy stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll tell you after we, we get off why we're not doing the same topic next week, but, um, right. The week after crossing fingers, I will be in Washington. Um, if planes don't cancel their flights, um, 
they better not. I hope they don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the week after that, crossing our fingers, I'll mm-hmm. be in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be really cool. But uh, we'll do an episode um, live streamed from my phone. Uh, talking, doing a review of Family Driven Faith by Vody Bauckham, me and Carlos. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that, we are relaunching the Christian artist with new graphics, a new mm-hmm. intro, mm-hmm. new everything, except for mm-hmm. a, a new hosting solution because I changed my mind in that. Um, and we're going to be interviewing oh, a bunch of people. I thought, right. And we're, yeah, and we're actually going to be doing that. And we're going to start. We to do forever ago. Yeah. And we're going to start the long. Yeah. <laughs> long string of interviewing mm-hmm. so many people about so many awesome topics so yep. and of course none other than Mafuki himself mm-hmm. will be right. there with us for our new season with our heroes and pals new season. <laughs> Carly <laughs> you know what we need to watch next what? we need to watch Gallivant I need to watch that show with you. It is so funny. It is the best. It's so good. I remember you guys recommending it, but not quite recommending it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so... I, I do want to watch it with you because okay. it's great. It's so funny. It's so, so funny. And if I'm watching it with you, I can I can even skip over some things. True. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll know. I'll know. I've watched it like three <laughs> times now. Um. Yeah, but I'm really excited to talk about none other than theonomy, the topic everyone wants to talk about. Um, huh. <laughs> I, I also was looking at all your like like Twitter um, tags. Like, did you send me a bunch of stuff on Twitter today? Right? Hmm? Did you send me a bunch of stuff on Twitter today? What would I have sent you on Twitter today? Oh, never mind. It was just different things you were interacting with, apparently. Yeah. Um, boy, that was quite the interesting yeah there's been a lot of interesting uh conversation about uh, um, yeah. uh martial law and yeah. the, the role of the government in <laughs> quarantining he- completely healthy people inside their homes and banning them from going to public for, to private businesses, businesses. And- uh and w- i'm sure we'll talk about that i'm sure we'll talk Probably. about that april 6th be there or be square new christian artist graphics new intro and the new friend talking with us about nothing, nothing less but the enemy. Um, I got two books, two books to read before April 6th. Um, and I'm excited about it because I'm going to refresh my mind with the enemy and what it's all about. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's been a, there, there's been a whole lot we need to talk about uh, April 6th. Thanks to uh, coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure we will. But I look forward to that. And uh, I look forward to all of the lovely people we will get to talk to over the next new season of uh, The Christian It's a Artists. new season with, with your heroes and pals. It's, that's from the Alabama. So, yeah, I yeah. Oh, such a good show. New season and it's totally awesome. <laughs> yep. All right. I'll stop talking now. I've we've overstayed our welcome. We're out. Adios. Play a role Forever playing game. Has our... Bye. Never mind. What I was gonna say is irrelevant. <laughs> let's just let's just close. Goodbye.